They want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight, and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walk out of here, give the pat on back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. Hey, Pack, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about that football club that you love and I love, and Tom Boyd loves it as well. Uh, it's it's a oh, we're entering into the really dark times. AFLW only has one more match, which we are going to talk about with our guest very soon. Got the draft in like three weeks. Uh, as as Tom Boyd says, this is the dark days of November. Uh, how are you feeling, Boydie? What's uh, what's what's caught your eye in the footy world the past fortnight? Oh it, yeah, it is truly. Uh, great to be here, Danny, obviously. It is oh, yeah, truly sure. that time of year where um, the only stories are negative stories, um, whether that be the constant condemnation of the Melbourne Football Club and all of their wondrous quirks and players, <laughs> or whether it be, obviously, the news we received uh, over the last few days about boys being delisted and not being re-offered contracts in Rocksmith and Hayden Crozier. And I, Look, I think, mate, you'd love to say the night is darkest before the dawn, but Unfortunately, the draft is at the draft and it will give us a glimmer of hope and um, enjoyment and excitement for about 48 minutes. And then, <laughs> and then we'll have to wait until February when something actually happens. So um, it is that time of year. But look, I, I must say, like, two, two heart and soul players is, is maybe not the right. I saw a lot of people calling Hayden and Rourke heart and soul players. And I don't know if I'd call them that um, because I think in some ways that kind of like indicates that they weren't that good in some ways. Um, yeah, it does feel a bit like, backhanded, that uh, that description. Yeah, it feels like the um, Jeezy gives good effort sort of stuff. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh, I must I, say, I mean, like when Rourke first walked into that football club um, when I was playing there um, back in 2014 or 15 when he came on board, he was really raw and he was a player that, Quite honestly speaking, I wasn't certain was going to make it at the top level, but through nothing short of hard work, determination, and commitment over a period of time, turned himself into a really, um, you know, a really accomplished football for us that played some really good senior footy, which again I never knew was going to happen. Um, and I remember vividly playing with Hayden um, all those years ago when we were at the Eastern Rangers together. He's a couple of years older than me, and he was this fleet-footed, highly skilled. Um, skinny, small forward, medium forward that could take a grab and kick a goal but really didn't know where he fitted into the AFL system. And then to see him become, you know, really the next best thing to Eastern Wood for a lot of years there um, in terms of his intercept capabilities and an integral role within the Bebo defence but also obviously within our team and just the courage that he played with, particularly in the era. Um, So sad to see him go. 
uh, I think that's the overwhelming feeling for me. And um, yeah, as you said, this is the dark days of November and unfortunately that's what happens. Yeah, I, I remember hearing a story about Rourke Smith uh, early on and you you would have been there at this time, so you can confirm or deny. He, again, had very bad luck uh, with injuries, which uh, I guess you could say about pretty much any player except uh, maybe Bont or anyone. Uh, but uh, he did a couple of ACLs but I heard a rumour that uh, when he did his second one, a lot of the players um, built up a little fund for him so he could go overseas and sort of have a fun holiday. He was that held in that well regard by his teammates. They were all happy to pay for his flights so so he could, you know, in, enjoy being injured. Is that true? Yeah, it, it, we did it for a few boys. Um, I think Clay might have been through the same thing. Oh, nice. Um, I don't know if Liberty did. Like, these guys who all had two or three sort of knee recodes. Um, but, look, I think the one of the things that people, quite frankly, seem to overlook all the time is that not all AFL footballers were paid as much as I was. Um, <laughs> you know, the vast majority of them are, are not. Almost all of them are not. Um, but even more so, there's obviously a tier below the averagely paid player that sits in the rookie uh, category, which, you know, again, I'm not here telling you to feel sorry or to be too empathetic to AFL footballers. It's a great career, but it is difficult. Um, but, you know, these guys, when at least when I was drafted, were on 30 or, you know, 35, 40 grand a year, Ooh, sometimes a little bit more. That is minimum and wage. That's right, and to the the commitment required to play AFL football is so high that it is like working on minimum wage for a genuinely full time job with much overtime. So, um, I just think it's it's important to understand that where Rock came from was, and again, I'm not sure exactly what Rock's contract was when he first arrived at the club, but it wouldn't have been much higher than forty or fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, he slugged it out year on year till he got his chance. And, you know, I think that there's no other um, character trait that I would look to to describe him than he just did it because he you know, loved loved the game, presumably, and loved his teammates and wanted to improve. So it's, um, yeah. I got an idea. Uh, part of football. I got an idea because, uh, you know, something that uh, something magical I always describe with the AFLW is, um, you know, when you go to the game, there's no dickheads. Like, there's everyone's pretty positive. No one's hurling abuse at the women. Um, and I think one way I describe it to people is there's sort of a tacit agreement between all of the footy fans at an AFLW match that these players aren't paid enough for us to abuse them. And I think if now that I'm hearing that some of the blokes are on minimum wage, there should be a thing in the footy record. It doesn't say how much they're paid, but just color code it. So if uh, <laughs> you know if you got you know someone like yourself, you know that's that's you know you're getting you're you're in the gold zone. So yeah, hurl abuse, go for it, yell at it. He can handle it. Uh, whereas, and then you got Rourke Smith, who's uh, not even bronze. We're talking uh, talking green or blue or something there. And uh, if they make an error, you 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 know you you shut up. Yeah, I think. Um, and again, I, I don't think Rourke would have been on that by the end. Again, not commenting on players' contracts. I believe. Well, no one knows except the, the agents. Rookie deals are much better than, the, the rookie deals are much better than what they used to be. But having said that, I think the one thing you've gotten wrong about your color coding system is that it should be the other way around, where it should be red for people that you can be angry about. It should be orange for people that you should only half criticise. Sure. It should be green. And then for guys who are on the rookie deals, it should have a gold bloody star next to them <laughs> saying they're doing it for the right reasons. Um, but, yeah, I, I appreciate that. It, it is one of those, yeah, 
It's one of those weird things because there are players who obviously slide underneath the radar that get really good deals that don't get leaked in terms of how much they are. Oh, okay. And so I'm sure there's players who are making 600 grand a year or something that people don't know and they get treated like they're a normal player, which is good. And would w- not. <laughs> if we brought this in as a system, uh, what? how would it work with, say, uh, someone like Adam Trelaw, where, uh, you know, according to rumour, that you know, we don't have it confirmed, but I'm fairly certain. Uh, it was confirmed. Okay, Collingwood are playing. Collingwood are paying for Adam Trelaw to play for us. So does that mean we're allowed to abuse him if he makes a mistake or only Collingwood fans? Well, I think Collingwood fans should be able to abuse him more if he plays well against them, I suppose. That yeah. would be the, That should be a know, free spin. He's sort of, yeah, he, you're genuinely funding your fa- failure. <laughs> you know. But it's um yeah, that's never the way that it washes out, right? It's always the net net of how much money ends up on on the bottom line for the player. So yeah. I'm sure that they wouldn't have thought about that. But it is, you know, there is a great scene in Moneyball where the guy goes, Hey, I'm worth ten million bucks a year to play for your team. And um, Billy Bean goes, mate, you're worth 250 grand a year to me because the, the Yankees are paying your whole salary. So how about you play uh, play play accordingly? Um, but yeah, it is. It's one of those funny things when players get contracts paid for by the clubs that they've left. Obviously, yeah. I mean, we, allegedly we're still paying Lockie Hunters. So I think we can we can go nuts at him if he has a good game against. I mean, obviously, people who listen to our podcast know you shouldn't be hurling abuse anyway. But you know, you're allowed to make some sarcastic comments to the people around you, who are you know that's part of the yeah. fun of the footy. Look again, when I was 23 or 21 or whatever playing AFL football, and I was in the midst of it, I certainly would have held it, wouldn't have held the same opinion that I do now. But obviously, there is a level of accountability that comes with getting paid a lot of money. But I think that the one thing that AFL club supporters can get lost in is there's obviously more than just the number that plays into this stuff. And it's more than just the number that's reported to the media. It can be for a number of extenuating circumstances, like the one we just described in terms of the club that you left, in terms of where the club is from a salary cap point of view, in terms of how they get compensation at the other end, if a player leaves, um, so on and so forth. It's quite a a dynamic list management structure at the moment that obviously gets impacted. But, yes, I mean, fans should very respectfully voice their concerns and or criticisms. But the one time, the one defining factor, at least for me, that makes it not okay is when you step over the line and begin to attack the person rather than the player. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, Good call. There is, um, they are more than 2D figurines running around on your television screen. They have mothers, fathers, presumably siblings, and uh, someday they have their kids of their own. As Jerry Seinfeld said, we're just yelling at the clothes. We just love that shirt <laughs> that you're wearing. I just want you. Know, and then you go to a different team, you're wearing different clothes. We hate you. Boo, get out of here. <laughs> well, it's never been more obvious to me than when people, especially like, in the nicest possible way, 11-year-olds with Bogan Bulldog supporter parents, <laughs> of which there are a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, um, I'm, I live in the house of one. We love them. But, <laughs> and they'd come up to me and they'd say, Boyd, you playing this week? Boyd. I'm like, I do have a first name. And I am a, <laughs> and I am right in front of you and you can ask me a question without using my, the name on the back of the jersey. Um, We should uh, very briefly talk about the AFLW. Finally got a win. Yes. Beating West Coast in Perth. Wasn't expecting that. 
and uh, and the, the shock announcement of the well, not a shock announcement, but the the announcement of uh, of uh, Rochelle Cranston uh, announcing her retirement. Uh, well, she's been she's been pretty good for the dogs. She played at uh, she was at the D's and the Cats as well. But uh, feels like she 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 always looked best in a bulldog's Guernsey. I mean, there's there there it is. There's that jumper. That's what we're talking about. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked the best it in is, that. Um, it, look, the writing was on the wall for my memory because we did watch in the middle of the year, uh, in the middle of the AFLW season, I should say, the West Coast coach complain about having to play good teams. So. Um, again, don't know the coach from a bar of soap, but I've truly never heard a coach complain about fixturing <laughs> like after you lose because it just doesn't sit well with the club executive. And so maybe there was a, a few um, a few uh, cracks in the armour over there and we managed to exploit it and, and come out on top finally, as you said. Damn straight. And mate, look, maybe we'll lift and we'll win the Pride match uh, this uh, Saturday. It's Saturday, isn't it? God, I'll get my things right. I'm in, I'm in the middle of uh, my play being on uh, all this week. Of course, it's Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock. That's prime time to go down to Wittenoval and play in the Kangaroos. And I've got to say, when when if, when the Dogs don't make finals this year, I'm, I'm going to jump on the North Melbourne bandwagon. Emma Carney, Bulldogs uh, Premiership hero. Uh, she's captained them since uh, they came in, so and they they haven't won a flag. Whereas the rest of the top floor, they've the top four, they've won flags. So I'll be jumping on the ruse bandwagon. So hopefully the dogs win, but if they lose to the ruse, that sets them up nicely for finals. So God, we're so much nicer right. in AFLW, aren't we? Yeah, I feel like there's two things. That one, it feels like you didn't finish your sentence when the, uh, North came in and pillaged our players. Oh well, I mean, I could be right, but mate, if I could be, I'm angry at 17 other clubs. Then that's right, I, which is fine. That's normal. That's you called supporting an AFL yes. club. You, know, you should be angry at 17. And also, you did fail. You did fail to mention, or at least make it clear. Where can everyone go and see this play of yours, mate? Oh right, yes, Motley Brow House on uh, this week, uh, eight o'clock. Every night, Shakespeare Ghostbusters. Uh, there's still tickets available. There also, I won't be at the Pride match because we're doing a matinee at three o'clock. I don't want to see any Bulldogs fans there. I want them to go to Pride match, but then you can come to the Saturday night show afterwards. Uh, last night we opened, sold out. Ed Cavalli and Tom Gleiser from Have You Been Paying Attention came and watched it, and both sent me very nice texts afterwards. So it's uh, rave reviews everywhere. Yeah, I'm utterly disappointed that I'll be up in Noosa for the uh, screenings of said show. I'm and, sure you uh, are, honestly, mate. There is some cogniz- cognitive dissonance in my mind with your face and the word matinee in the same sentence. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, uh, unlike Danny, I think it's a good idea for any Bulldog supporters to go and uh, watch him at both shows on Saturday and <laughs> to stream the um, the match down low with no 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 volume. That's okay too. Well, the, the matinee's at three o'clock, so you could watch probably three quarters of the Pride match and then uh, come on over to Motley Brow House. So we're going so to be I'm going to be chatting to Ness uh, Gemmel after this, uh, who is the president of Bulldogs Pride. Have you, did you ever have much to do with Bulldogs Pride, Boydy, when you were there? I don't, I don't even know if they were around back when I was playing. To be honest with you, yeah. I don't know. I don't think, so I don't no, think there was much. Uh, yeah, not to my recollection. And that's that's just because they were around. I mean, the first the first year of the women's was what 17. 17. Oh well, but sixteen exhibition, right? Yeah, in which we won. So we, I think, yeah, actually, as Bulldogs fans, we'd really need to point out that the once they announced the AFLW, from then on, all the trophies counted, 
And so we did win the uh, Handsome Hardeman Cup that year. And of course, yep. completing the treble uh, where we won the AFL, the VFL and the AFLW, only club in history to do that. Uh, whereas all the trophies before that didn't matter. And we would have won that award that I can't remember the name of that Melbourne won this year. Oh, the, the best. yeah, McClellan Trophy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah no. Go us, eh? <laughs> Uh, we won the treble. That's fine. We'll put it up next to our champions of Victoria, uh, still undefeated champions of Victoria that we won in 1924 against the Bombers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I agree. I agree, mate. But, yeah, look, it would be uh, a good way to obviously round out um, the year, I think, from being able to see, obviously, the girls this weekend, the draft's not too long away, and whilst most of our fate is quite determined, it'll be really interesting to see what we do with that um, top five pick. Uh, and then what we do sort of after Mr. Croft uh, joins us around the end of that first round. So, um, yeah, I, it's an exciting time. I, I can't wait to hear the whispers of what's starting to leak out of the Bulldogs once preseason gets back underway in a couple of weeks' time because all of it's bullshit. But <laughs> sometimes it makes you feel a bit better about yourself when you start to hear the boys came back fitter than ever. Yep. He's put on um, 20, geez, got 20 pounds. In the valley after a disappointing 2023 campaign. Training <laughs> the house down. <laughs> there was like 25 personal bests in the time trial and they didn't make it 20% shorter. <laughs> so what's um, uh, happening for us for the rest of the year? We'll be back uh, just after the draft. Boydie's going to Noosa, as he said. I'm going to Fiji. So uh, it'll be a few weeks before we do a free-to-wear. I'm going to be chatting to uh, – for the Patreons, we're going to be having a very in-depth uh, uh, autopsy on the AFLW season, what went wrong and why, with uh, friend of the show, Kato Halloran. And, uh, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll do something about the draft and there'll be some other nuggets. We're hoping to chat to some other Bulldogs podcasts because you, the listener, you're into Bulldogs, you're into podcasts. We want to promote uh, the other shows that you can be listening to. Yeah, and also if you do feel a deep and desperate longing for Danny and Tom to be in your earbuds you know, throughout the latter months of the year, hit us up on the socials. Yeah, give us give us some ideas if you feel like there's something we need to talk about. Let's talk about it um, as we head into the festive season. Where this year my New Year's resolution will be that the Bulldogs will win the premiership in all forms of the game. Get the treble again, mate. We uh, whatever every <laughs> Bulldogs team in the country. Oh wow, Canterbury, um, North Heidelberg. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Fair uh, enough. South, South Croydon. South. Oh, South Fremantle as well. There's another one. Central Districts in the SANFL. Look at us go. Yeah, man, they're all going to win. There's got to be some like club-level league teams out there called the Bulldogs <laughs> too, but I won't be checking up on their results. I promise you that. We just assume they're going to win. All right, Boydie, well, we'll chat to you in a, in a few weeks and uh, I'm going to talk Bulldog Pride with Ness right now. Ness Gemmel, president of Bulldog Pride. You just told me off air it's not Bulldogs Pride. It's a singular bulldog that has the pride that is correct we are a collective term for bulldog the red white and blue <laughs> how long's how long's the pride the the B, bp been around right so i think the concept sort of started back in 2016 before we won the premiership oh, i nice. may note mm-hmm. and um 2017 several people who all worked together and were bulldog pride fans got together and said hey how about we have a rainbow supporter group and so that was the original committee. 
what is now just to, so we're getting completely clear because I, I mean full disclosure I've, I've I've done a bit with Bulldog Pride and uh, proudly an ally and I love what you guys do I see even even saying guys what you people do I'm trying to be very careful with pronouns and and everything um, it, but yeah I am I'm as white as you can get as heterosexual as you can get I'm I'm privileged personified you know the closest I've I say this on stage the closest I have to being a minority is I'm left-handed but. <laughs> It's not really enough. So, but I just want. So, what? Your LGBTQIA a plus. A plus. Yeah. Wait, wait. See, yeah. okay. A is asexual, and plus is is that that just means everything, everything else. else that falls correct. Anything else that falls under that rainbow, I will collectively use it as the rainbow banner, um, so as not to miss out anybody who falls under that general aspects. Well, you so. could do the plus. At the, you could just do plus. Bulldog plus. plus. I just normally refer to rainbow. It's, it just makes it easier. Yeah, so. nice. And yeah. W- we, how long have you been the president? Uh, I have been the president since March this year. And I will say that it was much to my reluctance because I had been on the committee since 2017 at the start. Um, I'd helped run events. I'd helped do other things pre-games. But... They wanted someone who'd been on the committee before and I was the only person not jumping ship. <laughs> where, where did so the others he, go? Do we have a splinter rainbow group? Oh, no, 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 no oh, splinter. Just people tired and working and doing other jobs and people moved away and so forth. So That's yeah, understandable. Just other lots of reasons. All yeah. right. And, and, and yeah. what, do you, what do you folk do? Like what, I know, I know you've, you organise events, but uh, I'm sure there's more than just the social aspect to it. There is. So I guess we're there to be seen so that anybody who falls under that rainbow banner, um, if they're feeling uncomfortable about going to an AFL, an AFLW game, a VFL, a VFLW game, that they know that there's normally members of Bulldog Pride there and they can come and sit with us if they feel uncomfortable. Um, I'm sure we're aware of some of the homophobic slants that have been going around in some of the games and whether or not it's directed at players specifically but there's often words that are used that probably aren't appropriate in 2023 and that can make a lot of people uncomfortable mm-hmm. um but we'll uh, we've got a really good working relationship with the cheer squad it does help that myself and one of the other committee members is in the cheer squad but we've always had a good relationship so people if they're feeling comfortable they can come and sit in the cheer squad with us if they like oh really they're from the rainbow community yep um and we've often got the rainbow flag flying um, we, the Cheer Squad helped celebrate Trans Day of Visibility back earlier this year and we had several of our um, Bulldog Pride members who were in the Guard of Honour, which was something special. I think the Bulldogs are quite um, progressive when it comes to that sort of thing as well. So we've got a very good relationship with our Cheer Squad. Not every other LGBTI club ha- supporter group has that unfortunately but I, I mean I think we're the best club in the world anyway so, <laughs> and we've got the wonderful we've got the wonderful Linda who um, helps us and coordinates between the club and ourselves so. regular listeners of this podcast will know that uh, Linda is often referred to by myself and Tom Boyd as the best person at the footy club and yeah this is just another wonderful thing she does uh, she would uh, liaise within the group she is and she's got very progressive values and just a genuinely lovely human and I'm I'm very proud of our club for what we do often 
off the field uh, a lot more than on the field at the moment. Uh, but we're building – we, there's cycles on the field and yes. that's absolutely fine. Off the field, though, there's no cycles. It's not like you can rebuild, go back to homophobia and rebuild. <laughs> Uh, no. And look, and I guess that was one of the things that was a concern after COVID as well, because a lot of people had lost interest. They hadn't gone to the football. And then, of course, the cost of living crisis has hit. So there's been a lot of concern about building up the clubs and it's not just us. So we're trying to be there so that people know, yeah, we're still here. We may not be as big as we were before, but we'd like to try rebuild and still originally represent what we always wanted. And my, my ethos for me personally as president is that if I can encourage one, particularly a young rainbow person wants to come to the football and they don't feel comfortable and we can get them to the football, my job's done. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing to say. What about um, someone like me who's, you know, as I said, privilege personified, um, and but you want to be an ally and you want to help. Yep. Um, what are the things we can do? I mean, could we – I have sat near the Pride people and been very welcomed. However, I also yep. am aware – especially when you look like I do. And uh, for those, for anyone who doesn't know what I look like, let's just say I get a lot of auditions for to play characters called Racist Inmate Number 3. Um, a big, <laughs> bald, spooky-looking guy. And I, I could see how if I was sitting in Pride and someone saw me there might feel intimidated, and I would hate for that to happen. Yep. What, what are things we can do to – I mean, obviously you're fine with me sitting there. Um, what would other allies – what should other allies do? Allies can just approach us. Um, I'll tell you a funny little story about that is I have brightly coloured hair for those who don't know me at the moment. I had very normal coloured hair probably four or five years ago and I had my daughter in tow who was 10 and I would say that anybody who sat with Bulldog Pride thought that I was an ally, Mm -hmm. thought I was a straight person because one, I had a child and I didn't look like I belonged in the rainbow community. Mm -hmm. So regardless of how you look, It's something that we will embrace. If you want to sit with us and be supportive of sitting with rainbow people, go for it. We've got people, I think maybe our oldest member, um, who happens to be my mother, (laughs) is, um, she's probably going to hate me for this, but she's just turned 77. Nice. And I think our youngest member is seven years old. So we have people who look age different the whole lot is very different. So if you come up and say, hey, I'd love to sit with Bulldog Pride, that's fine with us. You're the in. more allies, the better. And I think allies are just as important as people in the community. How often do you need to, you know, pull someone's head in for – Is there, I'm guessing no one who sits with Pride would say anything homophobic. Uh, but, no. you know, I'm sure there's slip-ups. You know, some, some – you know, a lot of us getting out of a lot of ingrained societal homophobia. and. Uh, yep. So how do you, have you had to approach anyone? I've not had to approach anybody in a personal sense at a game. I cannot think of a single instance where a game we've had an issue where anyone sitting with Bulldog Pride has been a problem. Our biggest issue is online social media. Oh, That's- right. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. Because it's really easy to hide behind a keyboard and I've had to really, really resist fighting back Um Sometimes we've got some lovely members who will go into bat for us as well, but I also do say to them, try not to waste your time oh, totally. because it's, it is a waste of time um, and we think we do a lot more good by promoting events like the Pride game on Saturday mm-hmm. um, and also just any positivity 
that is around and that you're welcome to be anywhere. So, yeah, so I can, I can talk about the Pride Cup on Saturday if you'd like. I, I definitely I do want you to, to come. I've already <laughs> told the listeners that sadly I won't be there because my play is doing a matinee show. Oh, no. I know. Oh, well. But I am organising, Ness, a shame game, uh, which is where we're going to bring in all of the failed ideas that the AFL's had. So we're going to be playing AFLX on a Monday night uh, with um, Super Goals back in it. Um, yep. and, uh, <laughs> and That just sounds such a Danny Boyd thing to do. It's, it's going to be a great idea. And uh, uh, I, I won't say any more ideas in case I slander specific individuals. But Sam Newman's commentating. Uh, anyway, it's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be lovely. So, yeah, so the, the, Pride, the Pride game... Um, it started in uh, very early on us. against Carlton, which was controversial because they famously – Bulldogs, I was very proud, were one of the first – was the first they club were. to support marriage equality. And Carlton said, oh, Correct. make up your own mind. Cowards. Yep. And then they ended up playing us in the first Pride Cup mm. for AFLW, which was pretty pretty awkward a bit for the start. Um, it's progress from there. I think we played them for three of the Pride Cups. I Forgot to look up the stats, but it was traditionally Bulldogs and Carlton for a few years. Which is so weird. Um, it's so weird. It's like it playing is. Essendon in the Say No to Steroids Cup. <laughs> right on. Um, <laughs> this year we are playing North Melbourne, um, which is an interesting one as well. Um, North, Look, at, at this stage all of our clubs um, – all of the AFL clubs have a rainbow supporter group. Some of them are bigger than others. Some of them have got better support from other clubs, etc. Um, North Melbourne's is quite a small one at this stage. Oh. And I look, at a lot of people were hit by COVID. Yeah. So let's not go with the demographics, Danny. We'll, well just go just, with if COVID and cost of living. <laughs> was going to have the smallest pride. I mean, just by law of averages, of course it was going to be North Melbourne. Yeah. So it's unfortunately, but the best thing about it is, look, last year we played um, in Ballarat and that was sensational because the Ballarat people hosted us wonderfully. The mayor was involved. We had a pride march to the game. We had a lap of honour. We had a great banner, everything. Um, this year we're back at what I personally call church, which I think is a wonderful, wonderful thing. You're talking so, the kennel, Witten Oval. Yeah. The, the church, yeah, it's church. The dog it's track. We, we pray to the dogs. Um, <laughs> so we're back at Whitnoval on Saturday um, at 1.05pm is the game. Gates are opening uh, around 12. Bulldog Pride will have a stall. Um, there is going to be a guard of honour and a banner, special banner that I'll be going to help do tomorrow with some of the cheer squad. Excellent. And um, there'll be a guard of honour for people who want to particularly... Um, participate in that. So if do, anyone does want to participate in the Guard of Honour as the girls run out or the Halftime Lap of Honour, just jump onto our Facebook page, which is Bulldog Pride, and they can register their names. We still need a few more spaces to fill, um, but it's always fun to be involved and you can get as dressed up and as rainbow as you like. And it is literally one of the games that I'm not fussed if we don't win because we still win. Because ah, nice. We've got a lovely environment and, yeah, it's very exciting. I've been sort of bouncing up and down all week about it now. So, 
Well, yeah, I, so I, I, let me let me ask you. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bit um, ignorant here, but is it not a bit daft to have both teams wearing rainbow? How do you know who's supporting which side? Yeah. <laughs> Especially so dogs, kangaroos. All... It's very hard. <laughs> so- well, the dogs, have, the dogs again, have been a trailblazer in that regard. Their jumper is actually the trans colours. Yeah, I did know that, yes. Been, yep. It's been adapted this year to just have an extra couple of symbols on it, including a love heart, and you'll see that on all their social media. So that's a really good jumper and was taken really well by supporters. Um, and my understanding was they sold a lot more at that first Pride game where they released it than they expected. Mm-hmm. Um and North's is, is very different. So most of the jumpers are just a variation on their own home jumper. There's some really interesting designs. It's a bit like the Indigenous designs. I want all of them. Because <laughs> they, they're, all, they're all individually designed, often by players and sometimes in conjunction with the supporter clubs. So um, I think AFLW is miles ahead from the AFL in oh, regards totally. to a Pride round. Yes. Um, that would be my... Not dying wish, but it would be one of the things I'd like to see in the next few years. So um, I think we've embraced the Indigenous round in both AFL and AFLW, mm-hmm. and I think AFL needs to do that with the Pride round as well. So, But we're, we're chipping away at ground level and communities. There's lots of Pride Cups now out in public, and we've, we've gone and had stalls at some of those, some of the Masters games in particular. Um, so there is stuff around. It's it's more just a matter of signing up to some of the newsletters like Pride Cup and stuff like that. Okay, so fans can get involved. Well, first of all, you can just go to the game that you should do Correct. on Saturday. Oh, yes, please do. Um, follow them on uh, on on Facebook. You can be. And by the way, you don't need to be. Of rainbow uh, sexuality uh, for no. this, and correct me if I use the wrong terminology, please, Ness, because uh, it's no, it only we only progress if uh, allies like myself are educated. So uh, I I always welcome being corrected with uh, pronouns. No, By the way, Danny McGinley, he him, uh, you know. But, yes, I'm I'm she her, so okay. that's okay. Um, but we've got people who are they them. Um, some who are Z's eye. That's another. Oh, okay. Again. I don't know that one. What is there's Z's a whole eye? Lot of, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a diff- whole lot of different variations. What is um, Z's eye? How, what, what does that represent? That's a very good question. Thank you. you. Probably have to ask someone who is Z's eye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> See again, it's it it is something that's that that and that's why I refer to it as rainbow. Yeah. Just trying to keep up with all the different variations can be difficult, but I guess it's all about acceptance, regardless of what someone is. And yeah. that's that's what it comes down to. It's like, well, if someone if someone identifies as rainbow, they're rainbow. Exactly. Uh, something that we really need to. Oh, like, okay. Let me ask you this. Set. Yes, I do. I, I, I do want to be all positive and stuff, but I, I think it's important we have these conversations. Do I, I, I'm very accepting of other people's lifestyles, but literally, some people choose to be Hawthorne supporters, and I cannot <laughs> fathom that. And I get some no, people no. don't get a choice in that, and they are born that way. No. But what do we have to accept them? No. Okay, no, great. Absolutely not. Who wants to have poos and wheeze as their colour of their jumper? <laughs> Seriously. Okay. It's just wrong. It is wrong. <laughs> I mean, I I was born and bred. My, my I bleed red, white, and blue, so mm. I had no choice. That that's that's just I accepted that. That's fine. But I agree about the Hawthorne thing. And GWS, that's another story altogether. <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> so if you are a but if you are a Hawthorne fan and you've chosen that lifestyle, you could still sit with Bulldog Pride, even though we're a bit suspect. Well, 
I'll give you a secret. I've got a friend who barracks for the Bulldogs and barracks for Hawthorne. What an odd combination. I, I won't, I'll never introduce you to them because you, you might not like them after that. No, I, I don't like they them They do now. barrack for both. No, well, they jumped on the Bulldogs bandwagon because they didn't have a women's team, you see, at Hawthorne. Aha. So now they've got split loyalties. And there is a few people like that, and particularly Essendon, Richmond, teams that didn't have a foundation club like us that weren't progressive like us. Um, I mean, and I think that goes. <laughs> I mean, I think it goes back to even the Witten. The Witten Oval used to host the women's footy finals for the women's footy league way before the AFLW was established. So the dogs have got a well-won tradition in that regard. We've got runs on the board, so we deserve to win this weekend. But as I said earlier, when I was talking to Boydie, if we do lose, that's good for Emma Carney, who we would love to see get some success at her. Uh, second club. I mean, we're still really? angry about that. So, well, you know. Yeah, I know. She's it's, a premiership look, that's, legend. That, that, that is the hardest thing because you feel differently about the players who have left the Bulldogs and gone elsewhere. Yeah. See, I don't mind GWS in the women's team. Because they, like, didn't, they didn't. Oh, they stole Izzy Huntington. Oh, they did. But, yeah, they don't have they don't have a, a Tanya Green, like a Toby Green. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ness, thank you for coming on the pod and I wish you all the very best for Pride Match. I will be there next year. And, uh, yeah, and look, yeah, I think a Pride Match for the for the boys is a great idea. Let's um, let's start having that conversation. And, uh, look, and Dogs fans, thanks for, uh, if you are, you know, someone who's, you know, as privileged as I and, you know, lives a non-normal, what's the term for non-rainbow people? Straight. Straight. All right, if you're a straighty... Beige type like me, but still, yes, get behind beige, them. I like that. Straighten beige. Yeah. Get get behind them. Get uh, you know, we're all one big family, and uh, sit with them and 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 learn and and because the one thing we've all got in common is we love the dogs. Correct. That is exactly right. Always will. Facebook.com slash Bulldog Pride. Get involved. Ness, I hope your team wins. And uh, we'll be back in a, in a couple of weeks to, uh, well, next week for the Patreons, dissecting the disastrous AFLW season with uh, Kato Halloran, who I believe is a member of Bulldog Pride as well. She certainly is. She's yes. awesome. And she should, I'm pretty sure she'll be there that day as well. No, she, I, what, she's not coming to my play? How dare she? Anyway, <laughs> don't forget Shakespeare Ghostbusters on every night this week at the Motley Brow House. But uh, the one I don't want to see you at is at the matinee on Saturday because you should go to uh, the Pride match. Uh, thanks, Ness. Thanks very much, Danny. Thanks for having me on. Go Dogs. I gave my childhood to that role of the red, white and blue sea and the knowledge that you had to love the bulldog boys and me. 20 years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets Long, long road they're running for you 
dogs and footscray streets. 